Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Not a taunting or a goading or a, you know, I'm talking about a good-natured pitch invasion where you celebrate a brilliant thing. Hello, I'm Seb White, reminding you why I love football is taking a little break and we're going to rest, recharge and reflect. So there's probably no better time to look back at the very best bits of the podcast so far. This episode will give you a whole list of things to do with the very best of our 101 things to do in football before you die. We'll also tell you who you should support now and as with every episode, we'll end with our ins and outs section. This time, we'll focus on the very best ins that we've had so far. If you've come to this and you're new, the previous episode, number 34 if you're counting, is also another best of. And we'll cover some of our favourite bits from all of the episodes so far. Just to say, these are very much the goal compilations. For the full Reminding You Why You Love Football experience, check out our timeless back catalogue. We don't talk about VAR, we don't talk about XG, we talk about things that will remind you why you love football. Sit back and enjoy. This is another slice of the very best of reminding you why you love football so far. We're using the magazine again as inspiration for a feature, for a section in the podcast. And that section is going to be 101 things to do in football before you die. Ooh. Now, this is on the back page, usually, of our most recent issues. It's provided some great things to talk about, to discuss, and it allows us to just be a bit more... We can be general and specific, so who knows what we'll be talking about. But I think it does allow us to give people the impetus to go and do certain things and these are the things that we like or we can speak about and hopefully encourage you to go and do but so this is one of my favorite pages in the magazine same here as a reader and as as owen always rightly says the back page of any magazine should be the best one he does say that a lot of people go to the back page first so it's the first thing that people read 101 things to do in football before you die seb white my 101 things to do before in football before you die is take part in a good-natured pitch invasion. This is very important. Good-natured, not a not a good, not a taunting or a goading or a you know an, a pressure a preface to a fisticuffs. Yes, uh, I'm talking about a good-natured pitch invasion where you celebrate a brilliant thing, whether that's winning a mad FA Cup game, whether that's winning a playoff game, whether that's winning promotion. How many? And I'm, we're going to talk about it. Yeah, but... yeah. I I think you might have been involved in a few pitch invasions and everyone else there's doing the goading, but you're just being happy, Seb. So I I was about to (laughs) say that Seb has chosen for 101 things to do in football before you die. He's chosen something that he's done 101 times. (laughs) (laughs) You say this. Talk us through it, Seb. Actually, no. No. Genuinely, this is is the second time in my life that I did it watching the Oval. We're going back to 2013. A lovely sunny day in Somerset. 2-0. We're going to Wembley. Yeah, we're going to Wembley. Yeah, 
And at the end, you know, the, the, the thing about this, and we'll come to pitch invasion as the whole point of this, right? Obviously, as the minutes tick over, we're going to Wembley. We've got to celebrate this, you know. Yeovil have won things before at this ground. We've won league titles. We got um, we got in the playoffs before. There's never been a pitch invasion. Yeovil fans are a little bit reserved. They wouldn't like to upset the apple cart or do anything. Not just the apple cart. They've got a respect, the cider. respect of turf. Yeah, yeah. Respect. <laughs> they've got a respect of turf. And they don't want to upset the cider apple cart. They don't want to plow it up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I think there must an element of <laughs> They know a good bit of grass when they see it, you know. Exactly. Even the West Country. That's so lovely. smoke it, I'll mow it. <laughs> so <laughs> two minutes, two or three minutes. I mean, the place is buzzing. It's bouncing. It genuinely is. It's one of those. It's not a place that usually has ever bounced, really. Yeah. And so a few minutes, and then you get the first thing on the tannoy. It's not a place that has ever bounced. Not really. No, no. But you get that first announcement. Please, can we remind all supporters not to go on the pitch? And it's almost like, well, that's what I'm going to do then. It's some, you're being told not to do something, so then people slowly start walking to the front. And there's quite big gangways at the front because Yeovil Stadium was built not that long after... Um, Yeovil Stadium was one of the first modern stadiums. It was built not long, not that long after Hillsborough, so, so everything was done to... Was it was built after the Taylor Report. After the Taylor yes. Report. Yeah. Hillsborough and the Taylor Report. It was those huge bits. So people are moving forward. Even old guys are there at the front. And even then I'm thinking... Well, people aren't actually going to go on the pitch, go over this wall onto the pitch. This is just Yeovil fans wanting to get closer to the celebrations. I join join the the throng, the posse, you know, that's lining the, the the bit of where I am, and I can see a steward straight away. And let's be honest, I'm a fairly well known figure at Yeovil Town over the years for various reasons. Yeah. Again, probably exuberance, you know, trying to sell fanzines inside stadiums and outside stadiums, so people know who I am. What did the steward say, Seb? The steward looked at me and went. You're not getting on. <laughs> and I went, I looked it around and went, ah, I'll try, I'll try. <laughs> if it happens. But even then, I didn't think it was going to happen. Then the full time, you know, as it gets closer and closer, more and more people. And I just start to think, fuck, we're going to do this. Yeovil fans are actually going to do something a bit, a little bit whoa, a little bit way. Um, <laughs> a little bit ooh, a little bit ah, maybe. Um, so, remember the 90s? <laughs> the, the whistle goes. And it's like a starting gun, isn't it, for 100, 100 metres? It's like a starting yeah. gun for an, a race. And then it does happen. A few people do it. But this steward's got his eyes fixed on me. He's desperate. The one thing he wants to do, he doesn't give a shit about anyone else. He wants to stop me getting on that pitch. And you've got to bum rush him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and honestly, I swivel those hips like I've never swiveled them before. He sort of re... I jump over to follow everyone you else. Do you do a bloody... Oh, it's unbelievable. I, I mean, I'm not a rugby person of any stretch. Jason Robinson. A jinking, a jinking. Yeah. A like jink David yeah. Campese. Oh, like that. Like that. You know, I don't know much about rugby, but I know it was like that. And the, the stewards are just... And I can feel him grabbing on my, on my coat. Re request, <laughs> please, yeah, yeah. to put Seb's head yeah. on, on Australian cult winger of the, <laughs> of the 80s and 90s, David Campo Campese. Go on. And, yes. and yeah. you're running on, and then everyone's doing it then. Everyone's doing it. And no one, and I say no one, is running over to 2,500 Sheffield United fans I would say 500 of them, maybe 1,000 of them already left because they were like, fuck this, we're going back to Yorkshire. So you're all no going where? We're all going to the centre and oh, to amazing. the front. Amazing. Where the players are all running off because I'm in the main stand. So we're all going just to fucking celebrate. And all the players run up the steps and then they're in, they're like where the tunnel is, but just to the side of the tunnel. They sort of go where the director's box is. Where they're safe from you, like, lock, lock, lock themselves behind the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're in the director's box. Don't want but, you trying to strip them. And then, uh, and then we're, well, no. And then we're all just looking there. And I'm, the first thing, it feels so, I've watched that pitch 
and I've seen that pitch hundreds and times in my life, I've never been on it. I've never actually been on that pitch. Well, respect for the turf. Respect for the turf. And I'm on that pitch firstly, and I'm like, gives you a different perspective of where I used to sit, where I, I might sit, where yep. the terrace is. Yeah. And then secondly, like, this must mean something because I'm on the pitch. Secondly, me granddad, where's granddad? Me, no, no, no. <laughs> I look round. He's walking towards me. <gasps> He's walking towards me, like slowly. Oh. He's got his walking stick and stuff. Oh, and I'm like, hell. this is... He's not, he's not taking out the steward for you, I see. No, 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 no. <laughs> hooked, I can... hooked his foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cheers, Grandad. <laughs> That's very beautiful. And that we are on there for... And I'm seeing people that I've been to the going to the game with for years and stood outside, stup- sold fanzines to people in stupid non-league grounds. We have just won the League One playoff semi-final. We're going to the, and... And we are there for a good 15 minutes and the players are singing songs at us and we're singing it back and we're all just looking at it and and I couldn't wait for the pictures to come out because I wanted to see this like mass of people, this massive celebration. And you can see me because I've got a stupidly bright yellow jacket, which I... Which I really miss. I should and you're six sold. foot five. And I'm six foot five. And arms, arms aloft. You know, on the front of the local paper. God bless. You know, yeah. There he is. Believe there he is. Portland Bellend. But even after, so <laughs> that's after a reference that, to children's TV, key, yeah. TV character. Portland, Portland Bill, who you're, wore a yellow jacket. And then, so after that celebration, and then, uh, then it just hits that we're going to Wembley again, and it just hits that we've done something incredible because Gary Johnson had made this ragtag team and beat a team like Sheffield United. So I go and find my granddad and walk out. And as we're, as players and people are leaving, Gary Johnson is sort of hugging people and high-fiving people. And he comes down the steps. And I'm like, I've got to get a picture of my granddad with Gary Johnson. You know, this is this is iconic, this moment. And I did. And it was the one thing that... Um, it was the one... It was always in his... It was always in his... Uh, It was always the picture in his room at his uh, nursing home alongside pictures of us. So, you know, it was fucking great. And I think we should, you know, joy, reminding you why I love football. That reminds you why I love football. <laughs> so, yeah, joy. He'd, he'd, be, he'd be laughing now, <laughs> saying you took me too many drink, drinks. But yeah. <laughs> I said it was really, 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 really nice. It was nice. Yeah, it was great. Thank you. I had a look at this in the script last night, <laughs> and I, me- I remember oh. it happening. I remember, I remember it happening IRL, and I thought, "Fucking hell!" But then I also thought, "Owen, let people be people." So James, 101 things to do in football before you die. Um, it's, uh, it's all yours, brother. Well, it's have a football birthday party when you're an adult. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Owen, not just any adult. Owen's, Owen's just adopted a, yeah. a yoga pose to he, get he's, he's doing the Haaland yes. celebration. This is a big birthday. Oh, it's my 30th, Seb, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so Maybe we should stop a, talking whilst he... A big birthday. <laughs> Grow up. Oh, 30's like the... Oh, it's a big one. Why yeah. is it? If you, yeah, but that's for you. Constrained by society and what people put on you. <laughs> Always. It's just a day, mate. Always. Always. Oh, it's the big one. Yeah. Grow up. So... <laughs> I am. That's why I'm having a birthday. <laughs> Seb, Seb, Seb loves a birthday party so much that he had his 40th birthday party a year late and was last seen shit-faced carrying around a gigantic speaker on his own. Anyway. All true. <laughs> he was with drink. Oh, yeah, yeah. With it. Uh, with it, he was it. 
So for my thirtieth birthday, I um my thirtieth birthday happened in in COVID, January twenty twenty one. You know, lockdown. What's going on? Who's who's? Blah, blah blah blah. All of that. All of that. So I didn't have a thirtieth birthday party. We might have had a couple of people down on the stoop. But I didn't have a thirtieth birthday. Not the anyway. So it gets to June. Lock lockdown's over. The world is back out. Freedom Ugh. is at our fingertips once more. And um, one Saturday morning, Matil's like, "Shall we? Um, Shall we go for a walk to here?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, sure, sure." And I start my spidey senses. Oh. they start tingling. They start going. Where's she taking me? Why are we going on a walk? Owen's got his head in his hands. Halfway there, Matilda's like, "James, I'm going to tell you now. I can tell you know something's up. We've organised a football <laughs> birthday party for you." And oh my. Oh, my giddy aunt, am I happy? A football party. I haven't had one of those since I was 13. Yeah. yeah. At Nossos, an indoor thing, which... You had one at 13 as well? That's <laughs> yeah, worse. Do, do, do you know, do We're you know, in wanking territory here, bird, eh? Do you, know, do you know what's really bad? So my dad obviously, my dad would referee those little oh, sort of seven-a-side games that you have indoor Nossos. Yeah, things. yeah. I remember two birthday parties of mine where I got sent off by my dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's my birthday and I'll I've get said this before. if I want to. <laughs> and I'll say it again. Never met your dad. Love your dad. Yeah, yeah. What a man. Yeah, yeah. As in, as in, Jamie, get off the pitch rules now. Rules, you're James. not carrying on. No, if you're going to carry on moaning at yourself, if you're going to carry on doing stuff like that, you're not playing. James. Yeah, a lot of that. James. Anyway, I'm no longer 13. I'm 30. I'm an adult. So we rock up. There's about 20 of my mates there. My brother's organised wolf shirts for us to wear. Oh. So we're wearing, one team's wearing wolves home, one team's wearing wolves away. The teams are mixed. There's, I'd say it's 50% girls, 50% Brilliant. boys. A lot of people who've played a lot of football. You know, Niall, a good friend of mine, who's the best goalkeeper I've ever played with. He used to play for Sheffield United. Me, buzzing, and everyone's taking it seriously. The sun is shining. My friend uh, Drew... Is yeah. the ref has got a whistle and dressed up as a ref? Uh, what's he done to be the ref? Not a Drew, good player. He's just um, <laughs> he's a very commanding man in a number of ways. Okay, and yeah. also a fantastic snooker player. He won't be listening to this. Snooks, snooks. Oh yeah, he's a yeah. snooker. But it's brilliant, you know. At one moment, because you know everyone's taking it quite seriously. It's like, oh, Mark on the left wing, Mark's on the left wing, and I look, and it's like. My, my best friend Ian's girlfriend, Megan, who has never, ever played football before. And then sort of you look at who's Very wholesome. who's peeling round the back and it's my brother who hasn't played football <laughs> in 10 years. So I think everyone should have a uh, football birthday One party question when they're an adult. But there's, you know, there's a sting in the tail for James. There, oh, no. <laughs> there is a big sting in the sting. Which he seems to have forgotten about again. The sting in the tail is that... So the, the pub is about a 40-minute journey, mm. like a 40-minute walk to to get to. So we finish the game up. We take some nice photos at the end. We start the walk. Everyone's sort of... A couple of people in a, on a bus, a couple of people in the cars, a couple of people walking. And uh, my friend Morgan, who, who used to work at Mundial, texted me saying, James, got some bad news. I was like, oh, yeah, what's going on? He was like, well, just as we left, we got a text from our housemates saying that they'd just tested positive for COVID. No. And I was like, right, It was that yeah, hideous yeah, yeah. period when everyone was getting pinged, pinged wasn't it? Yeah, it was the ping, oh, it was the, the ping. Fucking ping in. And uh, he was like, so we've just nipped into Boots and bought some tests, and um, all four of us are positive. Oh, Bloody hell. So 
we then send a text round to everyone that's played saying, before you get to the pub, check your positive. I think four more people went, oh, <laughs> shit, I've just tested and we're positive. So it, it was, I would, I would also super describe spreader. it as a super spreader event. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My thing to do in football before you die is to meet your heroes. If You're very you kind. <laughs> yeah. You have been absolutely bursting for that, haven't you? I can tell. <laughs> Thought about it this morning, Matilda, Matilda, what I'm going to do, I'm talking to you about heroes, I'm going to say you're very kind. <laughs> I'm with, I'm with three good, of them now. Good. It's good, man. Good stuff. Anyway, do meet your heroes if you're lucky enough to. So my experience of meeting my footballing heroes is quite, I wouldn't say synthetic, but I worked at the BBC, I worked at Five Life for seven years, so... I would do things like write the interviews, write the briefs for write the, like, the theme tune, do the theme tune. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're not going to get through this. <laughs> so one time I got to write the... In- I've been there for about three or four years. They realised I was okay at writing questions for uh, Dan Walker. I got to do it for... Uh, I got to do it for Eric Cantona one time. <gasps> uh, so that that isn't the story I'm telling here. I'm well, telling a story come about... Come on, more get natural. on with it then. Can I, shall I get this one in there, Cantona? Yeah, no, get that in. That's... Yeah, so I met Cantona. I wrote the interview for him. He, he released, a, I think it was a poetry book at the time yeah. with like three-word poems, etc. And I wasn't in that day. I was freelance at the time. Uh, but they said, Tommy, do you want to meet Cantona? I was like, of course I do. I've known It's a big yes, that is not. <laughs> so I drove in from Old Trafford, uh, yeah. the five-minute drive uh, to Media City, BBC Media City up in Salford. And uh, they said, oh, <clears throat> Tom, you're here. Do you want to... Um, do you want to make Eric a glass of water? Oh. Do you want to go and get him a water? Oh. So I was like, yeah, okay. Made him the glass of water. Genuinely, by the time I got back, it was fucking half empty because I was like, <laughs> oh, no. I've never like, I've never felt like that before. You could have just put it next to your head and let your own sweat drip. <laughs> <laughs> that too. For first time listeners, Tom is a sweat. Tom is a sweat lord. Anyway. I'm a sweat. Wow. Lord. Sweaty king. So anyway, so I go in and... Uh, I'm I'm shitting it because my older brother used to make us. Uh, we went to Catholic school and my older brother didn't. And he said, he's about 10, 15 years older. And he said, uh, he put Cantona posters above all me and my siblings' beds and said, yeah. you pray to him, not God. <laughs> so he was God to me. He was God to me. And all he said was, I was, I was like, hi, mate, I'm Tom. Introduce myself as Tom or Tommy. And he goes, no, Thomas, you are Thomas. <laughs> that is brilliant. And he made my day and I went, in my car and cried straight yeah, yeah, away, yeah. but like cried out of sheer joy. So that was nothing great. to do with cancer. I just burst into tears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that depression. <laughs> that's the little. Uh... Oh, that's not the. No. Oh wow. No. Sorry. Yeah. That is, is the amuse bouche. That's the amuse bouche. Oh, you wait, James. But my father, he met his hero in a much more sort of uh, well, let's just say natural. Um, a more romantic way. Yeah, yeah. And he's never actually spoken about this for some reason. Oh, exclusive. Yeah, he's never told me about it. All I know is that he sat next to Sir Matt mm. for a match. Mm. Sir Matt Busby. I'll tell the story in full from my dad's point of view. Okay. My mate's dad was high up on the FA and we asked if there were any tickets going. We had Southampton at home two days before my 40th. We went through the main entrance, through the private lounge. We walked out into the stadium. The steward said, we're sitting there. And Sir Matt is sat there on his own. And my dad and his mates turned to each other and said, they're not our seats. They just refused to believe it. So they went and sat somewhere else. And the place they sat was the Southampton director's area. So then they all showed up and they said, who the fuck are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my dad said, my dad and his mates said, we're from the FA. And they said, we don't care. They're they're our seats. So like, 
All right, fucking nice hell, this is it. We've, we're going to go and sit next to Sir Matt. Oh. So Sir Matt sat on his own, and my dad and his mate said, who's going to sit next to him? So they decided to do a swap at half time. So one of them would get one half with him, oh. and one would get the other half. I like that. My that dad being nice. my dad being the gracious man. In fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna rat him out here. He said on the phone last night. He said to me, <laughs> I was like, "Did you do first or second half?" And he said, "Can't remember, but say second, so I sound like the better bloke." <laughs> <laughs> so let's just say my dad did the second half, and it should be noted on that day, uh, February twentieth, nineteen ninety three. It was the day that the road leading up to the stadium from town or the south of Manchester, Old Trafford, Stratford, Chorlton, yeah. the areas I've always lived in whilst I've lived there, it's the same day, and my dad didn't remember this, that Sir Matt Busby Way was opened. Oh, wow. And wow. It's, and it's just under a year before he died and mm. about three months before Man United win their first Premier League. My dad said the one thing he remembers about it is that he knew football. Yeah. He still understood the ebbs and flow of the game. The best part about it... My dad sits next to him in the second half, and Sir Matt just, he didn't say anything. He just offered his blanket oh, over to my dad that he had on his knee. And oh, he, oh, fucking hell. So he just shared the blanket with him. And wow. I said, did you talk to each other? And he said, Cantona had been there for one month, and the ref was uh, having a go at Cantona, or Cantona was, you know, vice versa. Yeah. And um, my dad said, does he speak English about Cantona? And Samat just said, yeah, I speak English. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah, but I said, understood the match. He understood football. And the only things he's kept in his wallet, in his various wallets over the years, yeah, yeah. is that ticket. And I said, why do you do that? He said, well, for evidence, <laughs> in case yeah, yeah. anyone says I'm lying. Yeah. Um, Obviously, no phones no, and all no, that no, back no. then. And... Um, He's not a sentimental person. He's not one for the mawkish. He's not yeah, one yeah. for the sentimental. Uh, it's that and the twisted wheel card that he had from the oh. from the sixties uh, when he used to go and do a lot of amphetamines yeah. and acid. Um, so they're the only things Two he's ever kept things. in his wallet. Today, I'm going to talk about something we did do in the mag a while ago, but I think I'd like everyone to talk about this because it's a lot of fun and. Today's 101 Things is flicking the V at opposition supporters. Ooh. Now, I want to get this out of the way first. We are not talking about the finger, but flicking the V. And I'm on about, I think I wrote about it in the mag. They'll be singing something or you'll have gone a goal down or there's been something yeah. going on. and you. But the crowd might murmur. And my favourite time to do it is not when everyone's doing it, but I like yeah. to stand up. <laughs> be seen. Be seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And get, start right down below. Yeah, you yeah. come up. You snap the elbow, but you at the yeah, last yeah. minute slap the fingers like that. Go on, fuck off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go on, you fuck off. And sometimes you'll give it the double. The double. Oh, the double. Yeah, yeah. And I remember the time I did it the most was... <laughs> give um, it the double. Yeah, you, that, that's when you fucking see someone Go giving on, it both. fuck off. Go on, all four fingers. All four fingers. Go on, you fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. off. Fuck really, off. That's the only thing you can say is when you're doing it. Fuck, fuck off. That as well, isn't it? It's off. flicking yeah. it. You're right. There's a snap of the wrist. Snap yeah, but no, I don't repeatedly looseness. flick it like that. No, no, no. I'm not Ali G. <laughs> God. No, no, no. It'll be no. It's a bit no, more. No. It's yeah. a snap of the wrist, like you're bowling at cricket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. I've seen Birdo bowl. Doesn't snap his wrist. Just <laughs> fling. That is true, actually. Like you... took a very important wicket for your cricket team, actually. Last time I played for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One for fifty-eight off your nine. <laughs> <laughs> 
still won. I gave him the send off as well, didn't Did I? You? Yeah, yeah. Zach was next to me behind the stumps. I was at first slip. I'd never seen Birdo bowl, and he he he, he marked out about a twenty-five yard run up. <laughs> Came hairing in. I've never seen anything so uneconomical in all my life. Zach went fucking hell. Look at this <laughs> hair flying, fucking arms windmilling and stuff like that. But anyway, back to flicking the V. So the, I can remember when I did it the, the most was. Um, there, there is a famous game at, um, at Anfield when Gary Neville celebrated to the away fans with his t- with his top off. I think it was John O'Shea, last minute winner. Um, I'd been out in Liverpool the night before, and let's just say I'd had too much ecstasy. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, that makes me feel sick. Yeah, I'd had about an hour's kip, staying in quite a nice hotel. I had about an hour's kip, and at the time, Phil Babb was my boss. He owned the magazine I worked for. And 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 Babsy had got me... Um, he used to get me tickets quite often, actually, <clears throat> being an ex-Liverpool player, but he got me and Sean tickets to Liverpool Man United game. Obviously, a difficult game to get tickets to. Uh, me and Sean had been out the night before, twatted. We lost each other. I can't remember a lot about the night. But, we, like, we weren't feeling great for a lunchtime kickoff. Yeah. And we were meant to go up at half-time in the gantry to see Redknapp and the Sky Sports lot. But we just couldn't face it. Yeah. We're too fucked. So we'd already fucked. We'd already fucked Redknapp off, and just been a bit rude and not gone up there. And then um, Liverpool had the better of a terse, tense game as they often are. Yeah. And or certainly were then, less so in recent years. But <laughs> it was. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was John O'Shea scored at the death to win one nil. But I remember Gary Neville. We were sat in the left of the main stand, right next yeah, to yeah, the away yeah, fans. Away. Right. Yeah. 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 And it's. You, I. In any football ground, but certainly, but I, it's awful sitting next to the away fans because it's all you can hear. Yeah, yeah. God, it was fucking atrocious. And Neville's got his top off and running to the fans, and that's when I remember giving it the most. The double, yeah. the, double. The, the double, the the double, the treble, the, the double. double. My favourite. This is very recently as well, and I've, you all know this story, but I haven't told it on the podcast before. Is uh, very recently working for Wolves and um, <laughs> was on the pitch before before the game. Had the you know official Wolves. Premier League lanyard on, yeah, yeah, so right. I was very clearly in a working capacity. And uh, before the game, sort of just just milling around, waiting for, for for the game to kick off. Really, the players are warming up, and uh, my brother texts me. My brother sat in the north bank. And my brother texts That's me and says, uh, "James, look up at our seats." Yeah. And uh, you know, five minutes before kickoff, it's full. There's eight thousand people in that stand, and I look up, and my brother <laughs> is just flicking the V's at me like that. And yeah. I momentarily Instant forgot response. where I was and what I was doing <laughs> and immediately just flicked in the V's <laughs> yes. back and then went, oh my God, <laughs> I've, I've just sworn at the whole North Bank. 8,000 people who don't know I'm a Wolves fan but can see that I've got an official Premier League lanyard on. My brother just laughed. Yeah, yeah, that is funny. But I immediately just went, oh my God. A good time to say, um, as of um, the Monday just gone, the documentary uh, we made that James is talking about there, uh, 1967, When LA Wolves Conquered the USA, is now available on the Wolves YouTube channel and there'll be links to it on Mundial Social yep. as well, yep. where you can watch it hosted on our website. It's 30 minutes. It would have been on TNT. Some of you may have seen it. It's going to be st- streaming on Discovery. And if you're in the US, you can watch it on NBC Sports YouTube channel as well. Yes, it's me. This week, I'm going to be talking and imploring you all to get your own flag made to take to the match. Get the flags in. So, it's fair to say, over my football past, 
I've your, had a few. Your storied football it, history. It, 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 um, <laughs> it did all start with my dad. Cause remember, my dad had a couple of real old school bed sheet and spray paint ones, oh. like Man United ones. I yeah. love a DIY with a real thing, crusty, like the paint that he had him for like he had it for with years some, with some crusty shit on it. <laughs> no, 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 no. The paint was really crusty. I remember being, but um, what were the flags? What did they say on them? One just said MUFC rule okay or something like that. It was real seventies oh, old brilliant, school. Brilliant, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with like a and he'd spray painted a devil that looked like it was punching. Fucking get it. Yeah, yeah. It was quite artistic. First one of my own was the day before Yeovil played Arsenal in the FA Cup in 1993, which was a huge game for Yeovil because it basically saved them from uh, bankruptcy. My stepmum basically spent most of the day before, while we all watched, uh, making a flag for us, which was white with a green cross and then a Yeovil badge in the middle and YTFC. Uh, so that was the first one I had, 1993, and that. How old were you then, Seb? I was 13. Wow. So we were, and we were. And was it your idea? Were you like, yeah, 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 yeah. I want. We wanted a flag. I wanted a flag to take to a game. It was a thing. I wanted my own flag. I'd seen a couple of flags. There was like always a Union Jack with Yeovil Town on it, and you know there weren't loads at Yeovil games by any stretch of imagination. But I wanted, you know, the one you had yourself. Did you take it around a lot? Did yeah, it become, yeah. Did it become a one. fixture? Because hey, our, 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 yeah. um friend of the pod, friend of the mag, um, Joe Connolly has the certain start of life one, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To, which is a famous Liverpool flag now. Exactly. So, and then as I got a bit older and when I moved up to Manchester, I wanted to sort of put my stamp on branch out, branch out. So I got a Northern Greens one done. Which said Northern Greens on to victory on How many um Northern Greens were there? <laughs> this this was my question. Yeah. This is Northern Greens. Oh, there was a few of us. Oh god. How many? Yeah. Uh at least a dozen. What did you what did the Northern Greens <laughs> used to get up to? Well, we would this is a season when we were really good, so we would quite often go to home games. One all bloke, of you? One not all of us, but there would be someone going down from the Northern Greens. Oh, one bloke from Manchester who was one of the nicest people. In his old Ford Cortina, oh, <laughs> we would drive wow. down the motorway to go because Yeovil were really good. This is when they were winning the league. Smoke billowing out the windows. Oh, it yeah, was brilliant. Yeah. It was brilliant. But um, so I'd get I had a couple of Northern Green. I had a big. My dad lives on a boat. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned that. I can't remember if I've mentioned that before. If you don't know, my dad lives on a boat, and he managed to chat to someone one night, and he managed to get a big ensign from someone who used to be in the Royal Navy. So I. Did that all up. Yeovil Town FC in one corner, the badge in the other. Oh, my God. Uh, Northern Greens and onto victory, all that malarkey. But it was a proper big one, like a really... How big we talking-ish? Ten foot, at least ten foot long. Class. Yeah, yeah. A so, Sam, flag. with that, with that, would you get to the would you get to the ground and hang it up? Oh, absolutely. There's a, real, there's a real buzz about that. I know it sounds stupid. It, no, doesn't, sound stu- it doesn't sound stupid. There it is. might sound stupid. Okay, it doesn't. Uh, but it's... Going to games, and especially with Yeovil, you go to away ends and stuff like that that weren't necessarily, it wasn't like heaving full of people. Yeah. But there might be 60, 70, 100, 150 of us. Yeah. But to put your flag out and to plant your flag, it is a, you know, you were saying we're, You were saying we're here. We're here. Yeah. We're here. So I had that. There's, there's loads of pictures of me at various grounds, Bolton away and uh, Black, Blackpool away and things like that. Yeah, it was a big, it was a thing. It was a thing. And then, but I think probably the best flag we had when I again, when I moved down to London, I decided that I needed to have a flag that had Yeovil on it somewhere with where I was currently living. So the Capital Glovers, we got a Yeovil flag. We got a flag, and we were going to one of. A, we decided to go and have a weekend away and watch some football, and we chose Bilbao. Oh, and obviously the Basque flag is very um, emblematic. It's Union and Jack esque, isn't it? Without obviously the connotations that the Union Jack flag brings, and of, obviously more importantly, is green. 
Yeah. So we were like, let's do that. So we got a Capital Glovers one, and that still goes round today. It's passed around from various Capital Glovers to oh. Capital Glovers. I had to go and pick it up from Waterloo Station the other week to then give it to someone else, and it still gets passed around. And how old's that flag? That flag's about t- 10, 12 years old. Now. Why? Yeah, yeah. No, 2011. Yeah, 12 years old. Brilliant. The amount of times it gets left at away grounds. I mean, I had to pick it up from bloody Hampton and Richmond because they all forgot it because they were all too pissed. Really? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you forget, but... Do you there, speak to it? Hello, old there's a real There's a real <laughs> thing about planting your flag. And yeah. I would say it's a lot of fun. Makes for great pictures and, and great memories when you're looking back on it. We were just looking at the Bilbao ones the other day, you know. Introducing The Hattrick, a new subscriber newsletter from Mundial. Each week, there'll be three stories linked by a theme. Stories from islands, stories about people, stories about heroes, stories about villains, stories about love, hope, despair, joy and, of course, goals. Go to mundialmag.com to sign up to The Hattrick now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We support these now is a, um, a long-standing Mundial social trope. Is it a trope? A vertical? Vertical, yeah. I don't even think it's a vertical. I just haven't been able to think of a better thing to say. But we support these now is where... We look at um, something in the news that has made us laugh, cry, punch the air, celebrate, or really think we should get behind it. So we support these now. This week is me, um, and I am supporting, we are supporting Jude Bellingham. We're recording this on Zindine Zidane's birthday, and the day you're listening to it, or the day after, or the day before, no, the day after you're listening to it, or the, no, the day before you're listening to it, on the day this fucking episode is launched, <laughs> the Thursday is Jude Bellingham's 20th birthday. And James and I went to Dortmund's ground. Mm. We went to Dortmund's ground last November and, and as we were being rained on, in October, as we were being rained on by beer and piss, I've never seen to this ever anywhere in the world a group of fans so fucking shit-faced as Dortmund fans on match day and without there being any air of <laughs> violence. Just a drunk city, wasn't it, Birdo? <laughs> Steaming, but... Jude Bellingham was so far and away better than every player on the pitch. Ran the show, scored two, didn't he? Should have scored a hat-trick. Apologised to the yellow wall for trying to get a hat-trick when he could have squared it to someone else. But if anyone's seen him play in the flesh, you'll understand why I'm I'm talking like this. Because he is different. He's one of those players who look different on on, on the pitch. Very Rude Hullet-esque, actually. Uh, I'm I'm not supporting him because he's good at football. Just supporting him because he just seems so in control and laser focused and nice and he come his family 
come across as lovely. I like I just like the fact that he was off on holiday for a few days with his brother and you know, Job's obviously got his first bigger move to well not bigger, I mean Birmingham Sunderland similar clubs, but I'm just saying I'm proud of him as someone else from the West Midlands. Yeah, no, to, me, to, as, to, me to, as to be well. making to, to be making the best and the most of his incredible talents. Because well, he's an incredible footballer. Well with him and Grealish now, there's a there's a real there's a West Midlands, people are talking about Villas, people are talking about Birmingham. Well, it do you seems know what to I me, hope, Seb? That for people like me and James, it'll yeah. do a lot for our bloody accents because it, it's always that, that, at the bottom of the I mean. pile. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Always at the say. one people don't like the most. Yeah, yeah. You know, making, like you said, making you feel proud to be yeah, yeah. from West Midlands because. Jack and Jude putting us back on the map. Right. <laughs> we support these. We support these. We support these now. We support these now. We support these now is uh, Big Blue Bastard Sebastian White. You are, yeah, you are, yeah, you are, yeah. <laughs> well, bloody Seb White. Yeah. Son of Dennis White. Son of Dennis White, yeah. Pen pal of yeah, Cass yeah. Pennant. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All true. All true. Right. Baffling. Recently, I was uh, doom scrolling and I uh, got uh, alerted to a post from the Guna fanzine that basically has said an, it said important announcement. The Guna fanzine, important announcement, and I was like, oh no, another fanzine, another football fanzine, historic football fanzine has gone to the wall. But actually, it turns out they decided to crack on because they did a bit of a fundraising effort. Didn't quite get the money that they wanted, but then just decided no. I'm going to crack on. So that got me thinking and got me to- and talking to various people. My We Support These Now this week is printed football fanzines. There's two types of fanzines I'm going to talk about. The ones that have been around forever, like the Guna, Red News, 1987. The Bradford fanzine, the City Gent, has been around for 90- since 1984 and has done 238 issues. You know, the stories and... The thing about fanzines, they tell you exactly what's happening there and then by the people that go week in, week out. I'm not going to necessarily comment and bring into into this what what other people are doing now in more, in the modern age, but there is definitely a place if you want to find out what the hardcore match match going fan is saying. You buy a football fanzine, yeah. And I think there's a reason why fanzines are still happening now. I spoke to the Brighton and Hove Albion fanzine Dogma, and he said there's a misconception that producing a print fanzine is an inherently retro exercise. Great fanzines are alive, and the editorial sits in a space that nothing on the internet can accommodate which is a very good point, I think. You know, I was making mine on publisher and sticking and photocopying. You can make these things look look great. So there's, there's, there's another reason for doing it. One of those fanzines is My Only Desire, which is a Charlton fanzine. I think issue, they've been going a few years. I think they may have, they won the Fanzine of the Year award. Like a so. genuinely brilliant looking and brilliant reading uh, exactly. experience. For all football fans. If you, if, oh, not all football fans, for football fans who take an interest in slightly behind the scenes or you know proper stuff they said fanzines should be collectible nostalgic like vinyl which people have said about Mundial before and it's probably one of the nicest things I think about you know but irreverent entertaining and surprising as well yeah. so I think you know you're all thinking of lecture sets and, and black and white photocopy mm. there's not these are proper magazines and they take an awful lot of effort and fanzines back in uh, the ones like the Guna United We Stand Red News and all that they were done on lecture sets which were Essentially, was it like tracing paper where you would you would rub <clears throat> rub the ink onto a piece of paper? Essentially, before computers, like Xerox, they, isn't it? Yeah, they were obviously t- done on typewriters and things like that. 
we live in a different age now where you can do pretty much anything and i think that's been reflecting in the quality of the output you know visually certainly um but there's also people doing this still doing fanzines at the lower end of the scale you know we know matt o'connor simpson who does one for gosport borough you know he's not going to be selling loads what's it called private life that's it's it. called and he says the re- i asked him tell me in 30 words no more than 30 words why you do it and he says non-league staff players and volunteers work really hard and they deserve to be celebrated lampooned and eulogized just like their premier league contemporaries hmm. which i thought was a really nice way that's of great it. god he's, he's not looking for a job is he our, 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 yeah <laughs> our, our features editor's getting a bit green around the gills these days <laughs> <laughs> complaining about being the oldest player on the pitch <laughs> and i spoke to the guys at mud hutter as well and there's oh mud hutter i yeah. used to we used to do um they used to he used to write a lot about wigan for us for sabotage times yeah. and also some some great things and didn't he do a book about pies they did, yeah, he did a uh, uh, Martin Tarbuck did a book about the, basically the best pies in the country and went round and ate loads of pies. We've, we featured that in the magazine. Life of Pies, we did, didn't yeah, we? Martin's yeah. a great bloke. They're yeah, really, yeah. really good, really good. They're bloke. all good people. And um, So what am I saying here? I'm saying... A lot, Seb. I am saying a lot. <laughs> I am saying a lot. There's a reason why these things are still going. There's a reason why these things should still be supported. You'll be fucking sorry age. if you stop buying tangible fucking things and just keep reading the yeah. same old shit yeah. and keep relying on fucking clickbait links for stuff to read yeah. you'll be fucking sorry because at the end of the day we will get further and further and further and further dumbed down and there'll be no good stuff left so fucking support art and yeah. especially independent art exactly Mundial joins the dots for football culture and that's not a boast by us but the words of an actual subscriber in our most recent reader survey why not see what they're on about and have a look at Mundial magazine 100 pages of global football magic Released four times a year. It looks great, smells great, and the writing isn't bad either. Go to mundalemag.com or follow the link in the show description to find out more. You're ins, you're outs. This is where we talk about what we like, what we don't like. My in this week is instead of screaming into the night sky, James Bird, you are shit when I play away would pass uh calmly walking over to the ball picking it up bringing it to eye level and just going i hate you <laughs> which i did on tuesday night yeah. which was much more, more than cath- once once much more cathartic than the scream was casually picking the ball up telling i hated it and moving on okay and did you play better as a result of this i was moment? playing quite well i just ran the ball out of play yeah. you, need, you need help mate you really do. I think we all need help. Um, it's it's in, <laughs> but it's funny. Yeah, I can. I, it can so picture it. We all. I mean, you've you've all played football with me. I you can see, so you, you see how annoyed I get at yourself. Today is the closest episode to uh, my two year anniversary of not boozing. Bloody claps! Proud of you, bro. We're Very we're recording much. this the week before because I'll be in Miami on the actual day yeah. next week Getting on the fourteenth. <laughs> <laughs> Cold plunging. <laughs> Cold plunging and uh, flexing my triceps on uh, South Beach in Miami. No, I won't be. I'll, uh, I'm, I'm there for a... Um, I hope you are. be funny. I'm there for a conference, Soccer X, to talk, actually, about the documentary you made. Well done, I. Really proud of you, mate. That's... Yeah. I am very proud of you for that. Yeah. My in this week, uh, my daughter's 
teammates at football. This is brilliant. I've heard the this stick, story because I was texting. I was texting Seb. I was texting Seb on Saturday morning. And I normally ask him now uh, how's, how's Ava's gone, game gone because I know he's. I know he's. Uh, I know he's there. Figurehead. <laughs> Always good. Just keeping an eye on his yeah. troops. Yeah. Line manager. Yeah. Assistant to the line manager. <laughs> so yeah, she plays football every Saturday. It was a great game. Some good, fo- really good football and exciting football played. Let's just say the opposition didn't take too kindly to, to the um, to getting whacked to, to the, getting to the drubbing <laughs> and towards the end, uh, one of the teammates called Ava a bitch which Seb and Mrs White on the sideline yeah. oh, so I see I thought she'd been hit fuck. by a ball or something so I go running around what was she was she, was she upset yeah she was really upset she took it she took it to heart and yeah Washer. and uh, Ava's I think that's because she's such a, a nice person and a sensitive person so. like a bug both her parents exactly exactly <laughs> and it, so it was all kicking off a little bit and it was all you know there was obviously the co- our coach was unhappy about it because she was like this is not what this is all about had blah, the game blah, blah, stopped blah. Yeah, the game had stopped. Yeah, yeah. A right kerfuffle, James. Yeah, there was a bit of a kerfuffle. And then one of Ava's friends, love, the tallest one of the lot, came running over and just said, don't worry, Ava, they're all cunts. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly... Yes. I, oh, my... Yeah, the fucking... Part of me, half of me went, incredible. <laughs> it's really taken the tension out of it. The other half of me was... Oh my God! This eleven-year-old girl just come over and and that's and, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. What did uh, the, what did Mrs. White? Mrs. Say? White, who was a who, to be fair to her, is a teaching assistant at a primary school, so she's always a little bit, you know, that, that's that's more, she, slightly more aware, sm- slightly more aware, and she just said in the most politest way, "Oh no, we don't use those words at the football." <laughs> Daddy does, yeah, but yeah, we yeah. don't. Yeah, and uh, and and it just sort of diffused the situation. That's so brilliant. Uh, and brilliant. Yeah, episode title. Is it big? Is it yeah. clever? No. But is it funny? Is it funny? God, yeah. It's both big and clever. I think it is big and clever. She's yeah. ran over. She's seen a. Yeah, yeah. She's managed to run over and diffuse a conflict situation. She probably doesn't even know she's doing it. It's subconscious. Yeah, yeah. You know whether she has to diffuse a lot well, of conflict, yeah. conflict well, situations. Like concern that it came so naturally. Ava's teammates in. My end is just watching old Royal Rumbles oh. as, as a way to relax. Uh, you know, just, fucking hell, just <laughs> as a way to relax. Yeah, because it's it's silly. It's not actually violent, is it? And I, I, I was, well, I, don't I, know. Was, I was, well, I was dusting my room the other day. I was dusting my rusty trombola. I wasn't, but I was actually dusting my room. What did you find? Oh, you don't want to know, mate. All sorts, all Dust. sorts. But uh, I just it came up on my suggested. <laughs> Owen's grimacing right now. But it came up on my suggested feed, like my home screen on YouTube, just 2008 Royal Rumble. I put it on, and for the past few weeks, that's just when I'm doing the cleaning or washing up, just a bit of meditative Royal Rumble. One of my favourite Royal Rumble memories from when I was younger is one of the bushwhackers walked straight in like that, doing his <laughs> thing, so walked good. into the ring like that, yeah. So good. yeah, walked across the ring, earthquake picked him up, chucked him straight out, <laughs> and he just carried on walking back <laughs> down to the dressing room. <laughs> That is brilliant. That is brilliant. I've been your host, Owen Blackhurst. He's been Tommy. He's been Seb. He has been James. Please, please, please review, rate, share. Does us the world of good. We want to keep doing this. So uh, keep on telling people about it. Keep on sending us the reviews because we really enjoy reading about how much you're enjoying it. Um, And if you want to send us a negative one, please do. Mm. We won't take any fucking notice. I dare you. We'll just crack. No, I don't mind. You know, you've got it. You've got to know. Can't all be bloody happy clappy, can it? This has been recorded at Spiritland <laughs> as ever. Um, we've Great really enjoyed it and we will be back. Thank you. Oh, thanks. Oh, oh, I can buy my now magazine as well. Fucking buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. buy it. It's really good. Ten quid, you fuckers. Yeah.
Yeah. And if you really can't afford it and you really want to see what it is, DM7 will send you a copy on the slide. Yeah. Actually, leave that out. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you. See ya. Reminding you why you love football is a Mundial and Football Co production. Produced by Tommy Stewart and Seb White, hosted by me, Owen Blackhurst, and recorded on the run. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.